Good morning, good morning. Well, like John said, uh, my name is Rich Franzen, and I've uh, been friends with Parkway for a long time. We've had the pr privilege of having, uh, hosting you guys over in Africa a number of times with the student groups, as well as one of the adult teams this last year, and so it's just been a great friendship over the years. And uh, a little bit about Impact Africa, uh, it's hard to explain a little bit because we do quite a lot, but just uh, quickly, we uh, have five main areas of the organization that are dealing with education, rescuing, uh, and uh, facilitating mission endeavors and humanitarian aid projects. But two, I'll just highlight real quick. One uh, of the areas we focus a lot on is education, and specifically preschool children, because they are some of the most at-risk kids in Africa. And specifically as well, because due to HIV and AIDS, majority of their parents, people my age, have literally died off, and there's such a lack of a parental moral passing down into the next generation. It's just, it's like a large sucking sound, and it's just gone. There's no parental moral guidance passed down to the next generation, and that's why we kind of really believe in uh, education of reaching kids, because, uh, you know, a few education majors out there will tell you, uh, you know, 90% of a person's cognitive ability to listen, to learn, to reason, to socially interact is all established by the age of four or five. Crazy. So literally, if we can take a child and have them for those first few formative years, you can literally change the trajectory of their entire life. And so um, those few years they're with us in the preschools is like an adrenaline shot into the heart, into their soul of who they are in Christ. God is their father. He'll never leave them, forsake them, pound scripture into them of who they are in Christ. So no matter where they go in life, they know that uh, father is there for them, whether they have an earthly father or not. So that's one area. We currently have four schools and uh, are in the process of adding two more. So we have over 450 children that we're educating daily uh, in four different locations that uh, over a thousand meals we're feeding every single week with those kids, and so that program's doing super, super well. One other area, just quickly, is called our Impact Baby Rescue, and that's a program that's dear to our hearts uh, and God's heart, obviously, but uh, due to so many of the economic and the economic issues, cultural issues, poverty issues, polygamy issues that's legal in South Africa. It's okay to have three or four wives. It's okay to have three or four girlfriends. So there's this spirit of non-committed relationships that's totally deteriorated the country. And so often what happens is women find themselves pregnant and without a committed husband, without a committed boyfriend or a family structure. And so often what happens is women get pregnant and uh, give birth, but have no way to sustain that child, take care of that child, uh, to eat or to feed or shelter that child. So literally, they're in such a desperate situation where they literally will throw the baby away. And I'm talking literally throw it away in the garbage dumpster, in a garbage bag, throw it in the field, throw it in the river, leave it on the street corner in the curb. That literally happens three to four times every single day in the city of Johannesburg. So obviously that's an abomination to the Lord and his heart cries and breaks for that. And so we have a great team that's obviously a mom's pregnant for nine months. And so it's during that time that we have teams that get out in the communities 
into the clinics, into the hospitals, into just straight into the community street awareness campaigns with awareness and education and counseling. Now, if you need counseling, here's where to go. If you need assistance, food assistance, here's where to go. If you need a church, here's where to go. And if you or someone you know, you know, feels they might endanger their child, please don't. Give the child to us. We are a registered place of safety and will help rescue that child and find a forever adoptive home for that baby. And we literally, in three locations, in front of our school buildings, we literally have a depository drop box where it's a little cut out into the house and uh, a mom can anonymously kind of place her baby with us instead of throwing it in the dumpster. They can literally place it with us. And um, we have staff that live on those little properties and immediately will rescue that child and uh, start the process with social services and adopting process. So uh, that's what you guys are a part of. We've already had 13 baby cases this year alone. And uh, like I said, two new schools are coming and lots of mission trips coming. So I share that to, not to talk about us, but also talk about what Parkway is doing, what Parkway is involved with. Uh, this campus, the North Campus, the online campus, hello everyone out there. You guys are literally, through your partnership, uh, are literally saving lives every single week. And uh, we're honored to represent you uh, there on that side. And we look forward to hopefully getting some of you to come back and visit more and more. It's team coming this summer as well. So you can uh, knock on the door there and uh, try to jump on the team, come for a visit for, with us. So thank you, thank you, thank you again. And so this morning, I want to continue with the series here called Follow Me. I've enjoyed it. Uh, Pastor Wild starting things off and uh, I like his, the first week where he talks, follow me now, now, because that's a, an African term that uh, we use a lot in how Jesus is trying to encourage us now, now, not just sometime, not later, not when you feel right, not when you get your life right, but he says, come as you are, now, now. And uh, so I enjoyed that. And this morning, I hope to uh, hopefully just inspire you a little bit on some of this, the passages in this. And if I had to title this one, I would still call it, follow me but I would call it, follow me as I follow you. That's a little weird, but uh, you kind of get this sense of like a circular relationship happening. We're following Christ and his example and what he's laid out for us. And we've learned a little bit about that already. But this morning, I also want to kind of bring in that other side of knowing that as we're following and pursuing him and his best and uh, great exploits for the Lord, knowing and having the confidence that he is following us. And we'll talk about that a little bit. And all of us here this morning, obviously we come to church. Somewhere in our hearts we have this desire. Uh, I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better believer. I want to understand God maybe a little more. Maybe I can do something for God, but I don't know exactly what. So we come here expecting God to maybe teach us something, maybe to learn something, to add to ourselves. And so this morning, I want to carry on with that, but also with that sense of sometimes I've felt that way often, like, God, I don't know what to do. What do you have for me? God, I want to do something for you, but I don't quite feel qualified. I don't quite feel spiritual enough. I don't feel educated enough. I didn't come from the right side of the tracks. I'm not financed or resourced enough. 
And especially me, I, I didn't grow up a good believer. I grew up a, a pretty good heathen, and I didn't know the Lord until I was later uh, in my late teens. And, uh, and often I feel, I hear that from a lot of folks, that uh, I want to do something for the Lord, but I'm not quite sure I'm qualified. I'm not sure if I'm smart or biblical scholared enough. And so we always kind of approach God sometimes with this sense of, um, I have this deficit. You know, I'm unqualified. I don't have it fully together. And we come kind of shy to God or, uh, gee, God, use me if you can. I know I'm just this, but, and I just want to kind of blow a hole through some of that, that notion this morning. And so we're going to read this scripture. It's a common one here in a 2 Kings chapter 4, we'll pull it up, but you can make a note of it. I'm just going to read through it quickly, and then I'll kind of break it down a little bit. But I love this story because it's literally, uh, I like to put myself kind of in the story, and so I feel in this story, this is about the widow and her oil, and uh, so we kind of represent the widow in this sense, and Elijah, he kind of represents the God figure, the Jesus figure in this story. So here, I'll just read it through and we'll break it down. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he reverend the Lord, but his creditors, but now his creditors are coming to take my two sons as his slaves. And Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except except a small jar of olive oil. And Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars and don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, set it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts, and your sons can live, you and your sons can live on what's left. That's a great story, and I love it. Again, I love kind of putting myself kind of into these uh, situations. And again, she's coming to, to Elijah, Jesus, just like we would come to Elijah, we'd come to Jesus, often with our our doubts, our insecurities, our areas of need, our questioning. Obviously, she's saying, Elijah, Elijah, my husband, you know my husband. He worked for you. He was in the ministry, but now he's dead. So, Elijah, I need help. My husband is dead. And what she's saying is, I don't have a provider anymore. I don't have a sense of security anymore. In those days, your land was wrapped up into the husband's name and his family's rights. And she says, I don't have a family. I don't have land rights. I don't have protection. I don't have security. I don't have resources. Elijah, help me. Even his debts, they're coming to take my kids as slaves to work it off. Please help me. Help me. Help me. And obviously, our situations aren't quite that extreme. But we come to the Lord often saying, God, help me. Help me with this. Help me with that. And God, I don't know what to do. And God, help me. And we expect God and his sovereignty to just boom down and answer our prayers and just be all holy and majestic. Or sometimes we think it's like 
waving a magic wand and poof, you're healed or you're resourced or you're called and you're anointed, you're smart enough, you're sent on your way. But that's not exactly how it always happens. In this story, Elijah, the Jesus figure, he actually has uh, not a whole lot to do. He actually says, I mean, I was kind of taken back the first time I really started unpacking it. She's here sharing her sob story. And what's he say? How can I help you? What? That's kind of rude. Like, I just told you, how can I help you? What are you talking about? I just sat here and told you my husband's dead. They're coming after my kids. I don't have no, no security, no money coming in. What do you mean, how can I help you? But again, Elijah sometimes, and Jesus often, you know, Jesus did this a lot in the New Testament. You know, he'll ask those clarifying questions, not to get to the obvious answer, but sometimes it's like a check into your heart, a gut check of where your heart, where your passion, and where, what are you crying out for? And if we do have anything we're crying out for. Jesus at one time said, uh, you know, he's going through town, teaching, preaching, healing people. This dude that's been blind his whole entire life, you know, finds Jesus, fights through the crowd, and Jesus in all of his sovereignty and wisdom and knowledge says, what can I do for you? Duh, Jesus, what the heck happening here? I'm blind, don't you see this? But he wasn't asking the obvious. He was asking, hey, what's in your heart? What do you really wanna trust and believe God for? Do you have something inside dreams, visions that you've been thinking about, praying about, Maybe you had a dream or a vision when you were younger or when you first got saved. Is it still dormant? Is it still marinating, waiting to come to life? And he's saying, where's your gut check? Where's your heart? Where's your passion at? And just like here, he's, he asks her, well, what can I do for you? What do you want from me? And then, what, then he has the audacity to say, what do you want from me? Okay, what do you got? What? I mean, the audacity of him. She just said her whole sob story, and he has the audacity to say, well, what do you got in your house? What are you going to give me? And it's not about giving material things, but again, he's asking this question. He says, what are you willing to put into it? What do you have to invest with me? It's kind of like I look at it often as, you know, God, Jesus is like the senior partner, and we're kind of like the junior partner. You know, God does his role in authority and supernatural. Often we do the natural so that he can do the supernatural. And so he's asking her, he says, well, I see and hear your heart and your desire to keep a family and keep your kids. What do you have to invest in it? What are the natural things you can do to believe God for the supernatural? And so you, you hear the story he tells her, you know, go about knocking on your neighbor's door. But basically he's like, well, what do you have? And she's like, what are you asking me this for? I got nothing, nothing, except let me look around the house. Here, here's a little jar of oil on my shelf. Here, I got that. And what's he say? I can work with that. Little oil, I can work with that. Whatever you got, I can work with that. And so you may come to Jesus and say, I'm not good enough, I'm not qualified, I'm not spiritual enough, I'm not, you know, Bible school certificate or whatever you may feel, but Jesus is saying, yeah, 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 what do you really want, okay, and what do you got? 
You might say, oh, I don't have a Bible degree, but I got time. I can work with that. Oh, I don't have a lot of money, but I can do chores for my neighbor. I can work with that. You know, I do have resources and I can fund. I can work with that. God is saying, you know, whatever you can invest, pursue and follow him and he'll follow you and see the miraculous come to being. We do the natural and he can then, through those steps of faithfulness and obedience, often we'll see the supernatural happen. And it's this, this story, this partnership. I love, you know, uh, how it's a partnership with the Lord. Again, Jesus just says, what do you want? What do you got? Go do this. Live on the rest. He wasn't some up there conducting a big, huge miracle. He wasn't forcing, you know, God to happen kind of thing. It was a partnership. Who determined? Who determined how many jars she got? She did. Who had to go knock on the doors? Uh, hello, neighbor. I know it's awkward, but do you have some jars I can have? Uh, you got any more? Can I get a few more? You know, who knows? It, you know, we could still be talking about this lady if she, you know, if she got every jar in the city, she would have been the oil baron of the Middle East that we'd still be talking about her family today. But obviously she got a certain amount <laughs> and uh, God performed an awesome miracle and where she had enormous need and she didn't just get her need met, it actually superseded her need. You know, you, at the end of the, he says, go and sell it. Pay off your debts and even live on all the extra. So it didn't just get her by, but it actually gave her something to live on and to sustain and protected her family. And again, it was this junior, senior partnership that God is asking and believing us to say, listen, as you go and knock on doors, as you go and invest a little bit of your life, your talent, uh, your gifts, your strengths, you know, I'll follow you. I'll match you with that. And we'll see the supernatural come to being. And I love the principle too. The seed of her miracle, the seed of the need, or the miracle she needed, where did it come from? She already had it. She already had that seed of olive oil. And God used that to meet her need. And so often as us as believers, we're looking, God create this, God do this, God engineer this. But I'm telling you, the seed of your miracle that you need, you already have it somewhere in your circle, somewhere in your being, somewhere tangible, somewhere within arm's reach. You can put that into motion to see and partner with God to see the miraculous come to being. You know, I definitely felt this, you know, as I started growing in the Lord and I was like, and I'm, I'm definitely not smart enough, definitely not spiritual enough. And God said, that's exactly perfect. <laughs> I said, God, I'm, I'm ignorant enough. I'll, I believe you'll go do this. And uh, I was kind of ignorant enough to take God at his word. And boom, I worked and worked and prayed and believed. And then create the opportunity for God to show up. And he showed up and he did the miracle. And I'm just kind of like sitting in the shadow of his junior partner saying, God, I'll tee it up. I'll work it up and let you show up. And God, here we are. Even, you know, I shared about the baby rescue uh, program that we have. You know, it's an it's, it's incredible ministry. It's a very emotionally, you know, draining at times, working with so many women. Our, our 
education and awareness team, they're in front of over four to 600 women every single week, uh, sharing the gospel with them, sharing this message with them. And the, the drama and the trauma that we hear from these ladies is just horrific. And, um, and people often ask me, well, brother, how did you get called into that? Or what did God speak to you? And I say, you know, uh, um, I'm not really that spiritual. I was just really ticked off. And, uh, oh, sorry. Can you say that in church? <laughs> this is Texas. You can say anything. <laughs> All the guys packing are like, <clears throat> I lived in Texas for eight years, so good to be back. <laughs> but they asked me, you know, what was the spiritual calling you got or called you into? You know what? I was just, my heart was broken. I was so ticked off. I'm saying this cannot continue. Someone's got to do something. I don't know what the heck to do. I'm some whitey from America, but you know what? I'll do something and we'll get in there. And, we'll, and we're one of the only organizations in the city that does education, awareness, and prevention, as well as the point of rescue, as well as the place of safety and adoption. And now many other organizations are partnering with us uh, for those services as well. But again, it wasn't this supernatural Holy Ghost calling kind of thing. It was, you know what, God, there's this need, and I'll invest a little bit of what I got, and let's see you supernaturally come to the party and see what, what you may do here. And I believe that's the principle this morning of, listen, I just want to kick you in the tail and say, you know what, get rid of your doubts. Get rid of your insecurities. Get rid of your wondering ifs. Because God's not looking for just average believers. He's looking for men and women who know that they are the children of the most high living God. And this world is crying out. This world is so crying out for sons and daughters of the most high living God to come up and step up to the plate. And we don't need to have the answers. We don't need to know everything. We just need to take some steps of obedience. And I know right in your circle of life, your circle of life right now, God's placed you and engineered your life experiences in your relationships, in your circle of life. You know people. You know people that need a miracle. You know people that need Jesus. You know people that just need a friendly face. And you might not have all the answers, but you know what? Just knock on their door and say, hey, I don't know what to say, but my name's Rich. Good to meet you. Um, I'm really awkward at this. I don't know what to say, but... Uh, my pastor knows what to say. Come with me to church on Sunday. <laughs> and bam, you never know what God's going to do. Hey, I don't know what to say, but you know what? Uh, I'm mowing my lawn. Can I just mow your lawn as I'm doing it? I just want to bless you. Hey, I got some extra groceries. Hey, I'm just going to drop them off. I hope that's all right. You know, and that's what you can do. That's the little investment you can do to make, see what God can perpetuate and see what miracles may take place. And I believe this, it's... it's it's this, this lifestyle, this spirit of generosity, of giving your life away. And so often it's opposite, you know, us as humans. We want to protect, we want to gird up, we want to save up, we want to hoard up, and we want to protect ourselves. And, but Christ said, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He so loved that he gave, he gave, he gave, he gave his life away. That cost him everything. He gave, but what he invested, he got back 
seven billion times over. Amen? The family coming back to him, coming back to him, a great investment. And it's that spirit of generosity and giving your life away. Instead of trying to protect, to hoard, or to be wise, you know, God's given us supernatural wisdom of how to steward our, our resources. And I learned this principle many years ago from an elder missionary. Uh, 30 years ago, he said, Rich, God's given you two hands, one to receive and one to give. And as the money goes through, there'll be plenty for you. And he just did it like that. He says, or as the gifts go through, there'll be plenty for you. As the anointing goes through, there'll be plenty for you. But what happens so often in life is we receive, but then we, let me just hold on to that. Oh, it's like crazy days. You don't know what's happening anymore. Uh, let me just save and hoard up that a little bit. And hear me, I believe God's given us supernatural wisdom on stewardship, um, not just blindly giving everything away. I have great investments. I have good savings. But at the same time, my wife and I are committed to every year. We talk about, hon, we got to give away more this year. What more can we give away? How many more educations can we give away? How many more staff can we sponsor? How many more children can we send to schools? How many more cars can we give away? We got to give away more. And I've learned that as God trusts you in that stewardship flow, your pot, your, your, your resources that you have to steward actually increases and increases and increases. And it's not about holding back, but it's about giving away. And I know this church is so, so, so generous. And I thank you all so much. There's um, 27 children at our schools that are sponsored through some of your families. And uh, there's more sponsorships available. You can find out more information uh, out there in the lobby. We do have some of our brochures. You can pick some of that up and find out more details are on the website. And, uh, and I know you're gearing up for your given season, but I encourage you, it's not about giving to get stuff, but it's about giving your life away. And as you sow life, you're going to reap life. As you sow it away, you're going to reap it. And let me tell you, it's about, it's about eternity. It's about eternity. You know, it's so hard for our puny little mortal brains to even comprehend eternity. I mean, just think of all the space of space from here to a bazillion trillion quadruple to the 10th power cubed four times over. How many bazillion trillion galaxies there are and all the space in between that, that way. And all the bazillion trillion galaxies in space this way. All that space is, and then just continues, continues, continues a bazillion trillion quadruple miles an hour to the 10th power that each direction. That's a lot of space. And the Bible says our life is but a little vapor. And the amount of eternity. But yet, so often, where are all of our prayers focused? On that little vapor. God, help me in my job or my 401k or my, this house or this project. God, help me in this. Bless my vapor. Bless my vapor. But he's saying that he'll take care of your vapor. Believe me, he'll take care of it super wisely. But as we keep our hearts focused on eternity... The big picture that, you know what, the vapor gets taken care of in a very sufficient, meaningful, impactful way. But he says, you know what, put your energy, put your dreams, put your focus, put your investment in things that change eternity. Eternity. 
because that will be with us for all eternity, not the little vapor. So this morning, I'm just here to remind you a little bit. First of all, God's got awesome, incredible plans for you. And as you follow him, I want you to just have that audacity to know that God is looking for sons and daughters he can follow. He's not looking for folks that play it safe. You know, often we're looking for, you know, we follow God to this conference or to this worship thing or to this thing, and we're expecting God to show up and God we're following. And sometimes we're following after events and not the person. But I believe God's looking down from heaven saying, where's there a man? Where is there a woman that I can follow? Who's that crazy dude getting out of the boat thinking he can walk on water? Let me get behind that dude. Who's that student thinking they can start a, high, a Bible study in their high school? Let me get behind them. Who's that crazy person you know, quitting college and going overseas on a mission field? Let me get behind that person. Who's that person in that career giving that much away? Let me get behind that person. Who's that person thinking they can go knock on their neighbor's door and expect God to show up? Let me get behind that person. God wants to follow us. Follow us. Too often we're playing it safe. I can remind you just quickly, I love this story of um, uh, in, the, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14, you can look it up. The Israel army is fighting. God's army. He's, they're fighting the bad guys, the Philistines. And the Israel army and the Philistines are fighting these wars, going back and forth, back and forth, taking some hits and losses. And they're just going back and forth. And it's King Saul on the Israel side and his son, the prince, Jonathan, that are on the Israel side. And Jonathan, he just gets sick and tired of being sick and tired. And he finally says, I know we're outnumbered by tens of thousands, but he says to his armor bearer, he says, come armor bearer, let's go pick a fight with the Philistines. And perhaps the Lord will be with us. Perhaps the Lord will deliver us because God can deliver us whether by few or by many. And so this whole story is crazy if you read it out. They're outnumbered just a gazillion to like a few hundred. And Jonathan and his armor bearer, with wisdom, there's some checks and balances in there. I can unpack that for you another time. But they go and pick the fight, and God empowers them, and they start wiping out the Philistine army. And then all of a sudden, in the Israel camp, they wake up and say, what the heck's going on over there? Who's fighting? What's going on? Raise the troops, rally the troops, let's go. And a revival happens. And the whole army starts coming. And they smoke out the entire Philistine army. And God gets an awesome, incredible victory. All because what? Perhaps. Perhaps. I coach my guys a lot. I say, you know what? If you're kind of 50-50, take a step. If you're 50% sure, take a step to test it, to try it, just to See if there's momentum gathering. If you're 52%, take a few more steps. Keep going. And this morning, I just want to remind you, don't play it safe any longer. There's so many miracles sitting here. This service could be jam-packed, overflowing, crazy, ridiculous next week. Just from the people in your circle of life that you can invite to come here or to just uh, come for the donuts. Just say, hey, let me buy you some donuts. My, my tithe pays for those donuts. I'm buying them, so I'm going to buy you donuts. Come and have some donuts. You're going to have all the donuts you want. You know, a lot of neighbors, you know, they'll come for the donuts. Bring them. So again, I want to just encourage you. Don't worry about your doubts, your insecurities. 
all the needs you might have, all the qualifications you don't have, who cares? What you got, he can work with that. 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 Invest it as that junior partner and see great things come. When we do those simple natural things, he'll do this, the supernatural. And don't dream any small plans. Again, remember, it's about eternity and giving your life away. And I'm telling you, this week, that neighbor, perhaps they'll come to the Lord. Perhaps that coworker will break down and finally give their life over. Perhaps that person trapped in that addictive lifestyle will break down and come to you for help. Perhaps. Go for it this week. Go for it this week. And again, it may even start, there may be someone in this room. Perhaps you're tired of being sick and tired. And it may start this morning with giving your life to Jesus. And I encourage you to do that. In your handout, there's a simple sample prayer. Pray that. Mean it with your whole heart. Come and share it with the staff. And we'll journey with you on that, that information and that starter pack to get you more and more into the family. So this morning, let me just close in prayer for you guys and uh, send you, hopefully, um, um, just send you on your way with this word. So Father, we come before you and we just say you are awesome, you're magnificent, you're incredible. And Lord, we yield our lives to you. And Lord, we ask that you forgive us for any small dreams. Forgive us for maybe even being lazy or excuses from time. And Lord, thank you that the answer to my prayers that I've been believing for may be within my reach already. Help me to just invest and do my part, Lord God. And I'm believing for awesome miracles, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you even bring people's you know, uh, faces to our mind even now this, this morning, Lord, so that this week we can talk to them, contact them, and do our part. So we thank you, Lord, and believing for great things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you again. Uh, I'll be out in the lobby to say hello to a few of you, so have a great day. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.